WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The election's just a few days away, and surrogates are coming into Michigan to campaign for their candidates. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg campaigned for Governor Gretchen Whitmer and other Democratic candidates in Grand Rapids and Metro Detroit today. He said it's more important to do so since he now has a home in Traverse City. So much is on the line right now, and uh, you look at, at the uh, remarkable job creation that's been going on in this state. Uh, you look at the leadership that's turned deficits into surpluses. Uh, you look at the investments in education, and it, it's the kind of state where uh, I'm, I'm going to be proud to, uh, for my son and daughter to grow up. But that depends on leadership. That doesn't just happen. Meanwhile, former Vice President Mike Pence campaigned for Republican congressional candidates in Michigan today. Pence spoke for Congressman Bill Heisinger in Portage and for Republican congressional, congressional candidate Tom Barrett in Charlotte. Powerball fever is once again spreading around Michigan and across the country. Saturday's jackpot is now worth a near-record $1.6 billion. The Michigan Lottery's Jake Harris says that number could climb even higher if enough people buy tickets. I think it is possible it could pass $1.5 billion by Saturday. Uh, you know, all the jackpot is determined by sales around the, the country. So it's not just here in Michigan. It's all the other jurisdictions that sell lottery uh, Powerball games and and uh, we'll be watching that closely, uh, as will the folks from Powerball. But it is very possible that by the time we get to that Saturday night drawing, uh, we could be north of $1.5 billion. Harris said 5.4 million tickets were sold in Michigan for Wednesday's drawing. He thinks we could see bigger sales numbers this time around. You'll have until 9.45 in the p.m. on Saturday to buy your Powerball ticket. Wind gusts around southwest Michigan are expected to reach 50 miles an hour this weekend, and utilities are bracing themselves. Consumers Energy spokesperson Brian Wheeler told us today that crews are being prepared to respond to outages. We have been staging crews today and getting ready for the weekend in those areas where we expect there to be power outages. So that really does mean the Kalamazoo, Lakeshore, really the entire west and north part of the state. Wheeler says everyone should make sure their phones are charged and have a flashlight ready. Be safe. If you are in a situation you see a down power line, assume that it's energized. Assume that it's not safe to be around. So keep yourself away, get 25 feet away, and then call 911 and Consumers Energy. Or call Indiana Michigan Power, depending on where you are. Wheeler reminds those with generators to keep them outside and away from doors and windows. With the winter plowing season about to start, the Berrien County Board of Commissioners has approved a contract to lock in a fuel price for the Berrien County Road Department for the next six months. At a meeting at Thursday, commissioners were told the contract with Ceres sets the price of $3.09 per gallon for unleaded gas and $4.11 for diesel for the Benton Harbor, Baroda, Three Oaks, and Bakertown garages. The cost for diesel at the Waterfleet and Eau Claire garages will be $4.21 a gallon. Commissioner John Hinkleman explained the disparity in the price between the garages. There's a 1,000-gallon tank at Waterfleet, 1,000-gallon tank at Eau Claire. The other ones are 8,000-gallon tanks. So it's a matter of convenience for the deliverer, and they're charging more to deliver to a smaller tank. Commissioners were told the road department has found itself with no fuel at one of its garages for days in the past year due to delivery problems. They approved the contract Thursday to avoid such problems. The move also locks in the price. The city of Hartford is receiving a $99,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Rural Business Development Program to improve parking and city streetscapes around its downtown. 
Congressman Fred Upton announced today the funds will go toward improving parking in downtown Hartford, saying it will, quote, benefit surrounding businesses and restaurants and help make it easier for folks to spend an evening in downtown Hartford. He adds, quote, removing barriers is the first step to reinvesting in local economies after the pandemic and says more parking and a facelift for streetscapes will attract more people to downtown Hartford for years to come. A new book on the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald will soon be available. Upper Peninsula native and author Rick Mixter tells us he remembers the 1975 storm that sank the 729-foot vessel in Lake Superior, killing all 29 on board. He was part of a 1994 dive team that inspected the wreckage in 830 feet of water, finding the body of a crew member. Mixter tells us there were warning signs the Edmund Fitzgerald might run into trouble before its ill-fated voyage on November 10, 1975. With my research, I found that it, it was pushed through massive storms, and there's been allegations of structural failure, of hatches that were not dogged down correctly, and of course the damage that Captain McSorley actually reported before he was lost with the vents missing and the ship listing in the storm. Mixter interviewed people directly connected to the Edmund Fitzgerald for his new book, Tattletale Sounds. He says while the blame for wrecks like the Fitzgerald tends to go to the captains, the sailors of today do have it a lot easier. It's just better now that we've got better weather forecasting and can really see those things coming now where they didn't have that foresight back even in 1975 as, as well as we have today. Tattletale Sounds includes highlights from hours of previously unreleased commentary by Coast Guard investigators in 1976, and it's the first book to share Mixter's interview with a cook from the Fitzgerald who left the ship a few weeks before it sank. He provides insight into the structural problems of the ship that were investigated by the Coast Guard. The book will soon be available in museums and at lakefury.com. There will also be a documentary airing on PBS in the Detroit area on November 11th. The book takes its title from a line in the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, the song that Mixer says has kept the disaster alive decades longer than many other Great Lakes disasters are remembered. And Barry and Risa has announced 15 local high school e-sports teams will converge on the Lake Michigan College campus this month to battle for $14,000 in scholarships. The League Fall Championship of e-sports will be held Saturday, November 19th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Mendel Center. All 15 Rocket League e-sports teams will play at the same time, and the tournament will be single elimination style. All games will be broadcast on large viewing screens so the audience can enjoy the action. Shoutcasters will also be on hand to explain to the audience what's going on in the video games as well as provide play-by-play. For people who can't attend in person, action will be live-streamed via Twitch. Admission to the event will be free. Esports is the competitive playing of video games. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhek, where furniture shopping is fun. Days before the midterms, there are escalating concerns about election security and potential threats to the process. Morph maybe sees Terry Moran. With just days to go before Election Day, poll workers across the country are facing an unprecedented challenge. It's an issue in so many places this year. Michigan Secretary of State says she's ready to protect the election. Election officials and law enforcement are more prepared than ever before to immediately address any attempt to interfere or disrupt the elections process or intimidate voters. Colorado was one of the first states to send every voter a mail-in ballot. Residents here actually cast more ballots by mail than they do in person. 
A Donald Trump loyalist has been acquitted at a federal trial in which he was accused of using his access to the former president to secretly promote the interests of the United Arab Emirates. A jury in Brooklyn deliberated three days before finding Tom Barrick not guilty today of acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, obstruction of justice, and making false statements. Barrick is a longtime friend of Trump and is a California billionaire who chaired Trump's inaugural committee. Trump responded to the acquittal in a statement calling it, quote, great news for our country, freedom, and democracy. The October jobs report is out, and it shows more than a quarter million new jobs were added last month. ABC's Karen Travers has a reaction from President Biden. President Biden says the October employment report, 261,000 jobs were added and an unemployment rate of 3.7 percent, shows that the nation's jobs recovery, quote, remains strong. But the president acknowledges that inflation is still his top economic challenge, adding, quote, I know that American families are feeling squeezed. As he's been doing on the campaign trail in recent weeks, the president slams Republicans for threatening to cut Social Security and for policies he says would increase the cost of prescription drugs. Mr. Biden calling the Republicans inflation plan, quote, a disaster. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. North Korea's recent barrage of missile tests, including a Wednesday's record of at least 23 launches, is raising a question about its weapons program. How does the impoverished country pay for the seemingly endless tests? While some experts say each North Korean launch could cost two to ten million dollars, others say there's no way to estimate, given the North's extremely secretive nature. They say North Korea likely makes weapons at a much cheaper cost than other countries because of free labor and possible clandestine Chinese and Russian support. Whichever is correct, there are no signs North Korea's economic hardships are slowing down its weapons tests. 21 states are asking the FDA to make birth control pills available over-the-counter without a prescription. ABC's Alex Stone is more from California. California's Attorney General announcing he is leading a 21-state coalition that has written a letter to the FDA urging approval of birth control pills to be available without needing a doctor's prescription and over-the-counter. It would apply only to birth control pills that have met safety standards to be sold over-the-counter. There is one pending application. The 21 states argue the pills are safe and effective and that it would remove barriers that some in the population have getting birth control. Opponents worry about teens getting birth control without their parents knowing. Alex Stone, ABC News, Los Angeles. Among the states sending that letter to the FDA was Michigan. A transition is coming this weekend across most of the United States, and it has nothing to do with the election. Daylight Savings Time will be out. Standard Time back this weekend. Standard Time starts at 2 in the a.m., Sunday and lasts until March 12th. Relish the chance to catch up on some sleep and remember to set clocks back an hour before going to bed on Saturday. The time change means darkness will arrive earlier in the evening, but it will be lighter earlier in the morning than now. Hawaii, American Samoa, Guam, Puerto Rico, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and most of Arizona are lucky enough to not observe daylight saving. We're learning more about the person behind a threat that triggered an FBI warning to the Jewish community in New Jersey. More from ABC's Aaron Katursky. The young adult interviewed in connection with the threat to attack synagogues in New Jersey told the FBI he dislikes Jews, is angry, but had no intent to actually do anything harmful. We're told the man has not apologized for the threat, which sent police scrambling to add patrols outside synagogues and Jewish community centers. The man posted to a social media site that is already monitored by law enforcement because of its anti-Semitic discussions. The man appears to have been influenced by things he had read online, but the FBI said he no longer poses a danger. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. A resident of the Russian-occupied capital of Ukraine's Kyrgyzstan region says soldiers are forcing civilians from their apartments and moving in themselves. 
His account of soldiers spreading through the city on Friday suggested Russia could be preparing for intense urban warfare as the southern city becomes a growing focus of the war. Russia installed authorities in the city of urged civilians to leave in anticipation of Ukrainian advances. The deputy head of the region's Kremlin-appointed administration said today Russian forces might soon withdraw. And thousands of people are losing their jobs at Twitter. And they're tweeting about it as Elon Musk continues his mission to destroy the social media site. ABC's Derek Dennis has more. D-Day for Twitter. Newly minted CEO Elon Musk laying off scores of employees, a number of them confirming their layoff on Twitter. What we are witnessing right now is a race to the bottom. Accountable Tech Executive Director Nicole Gill says it's clear Musk is in charge, already firing top Twitter executives and the company's entire board of directors. Advertisers are one of the only groups right now that can stand up to Elon. A class action lawsuit has been filed on behalf of workers alleging Musk has violated California law by enacting layoffs without the required notice. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.